Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I've worked as a mentor, teacher, and content creator for empaths, intuitives, and entrepreneurs for close to 10 years. With over 2 million views on YouTube, I've spent the last five years specifically teaching empaths how to stop sacrificing their authentic creative desires, include themselves in the equation, and thrive. I believe empaths are the center of creative expression on this planet, and my purpose with this podcast is to spark your psychic desires and connect you to a deeper understanding of your human tech and its pivotal role in creating heaven on earth. We are all psychic, and as we heal our psychic intimacy with ourselves, we heal it with each other and enter into a new golden age, a renaissance. When empaths become sovereign in their creative power, we break the psychic bonds of mimic that have been on this planet for thousands of years and anchor in the infinite potential of humanity's creative urge. I call this the Underground Podcast because I believe this conversation thrives when it's shared by word of mouth. I don't rely on fancy marketing techniques or ads. Instead, I want this podcast to grow organically through people like you sharing it with the people you believe it would resonate with. Because of people like you, my podcast was in the top 10 most followed and most globally shared in 2022. So thank you so much for my first year. I feel so grateful for all of you guys. I know that together we can grow deeper into our human tech, break out of mimic and take back our sovereignty as creators. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Today I am bringing you the live from my Abundance Matrix Mastermind for the full buck moon that we just had. If you didn't catch it live or catch the few days that it was available on YouTube to watch, you can listen to the audio at least here on my podcast. And I just thought this particular live encapsulated so well everything that I've been learning as in my YouTube membership, we have been for the month of June, I was um, going deep into dandelions and their magical medicinal properties. But more specifically, what really came through is their um, energetic properties for empaths in particular. And what the theme that came through was their ability, if you listen to my last podcast, um, their ability to help us release rage in particular and just release in general, flush things out. For the month of July in my YouTube membership, we are focusing on water, the element of water, which I think is really perfect after working with the dandelion. I thought I was going to work with roses because I have been working with roses um, recently, but uh, spirit changed it at the last minute and said, no, I want you to focus on water. So um, the month of July is going to be all about water in my YouTube membership, but Yes, this is this full moon live that I did is sort of a culmination, I feel like, of everything I've been learning, everything I've been teaching in this 2020 portal. So I hope it's helpful for you. I really think release is the most important thing we can do right now. Surrender, release, and trust. So I hope you enjoy it. Please share it with anyone that you feel like might resonate, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, guys. Sorry, I had a little bit of a slow start. It was taking a second to start up, but looks like I made it. Can you please let me know if you hear me? Because I know on this before there's been issues with sound. Hey, Samantha. Hey, Bianca. 
I'm so excited. Hey, Don. Hey, Mary. You hear me? Awesome. Okay, tech is good. Is the I have a fan on in the background. Just let me know if it's too annoying because I can turn it off. But it's we're getting in the 90s now, so it's getting super hot. And up here is kind of where the air gets a little stuffy. I also promise you that eventually this room is going to have an aesthetic to it. And um, my office is just for whatever reason. Well, I know the reason, but it's been... I just have not been ready to move forward with it. And I feel like that's about to change. So um, expect a better aesthetic coming up pretty soon. Hey, Juliet. Hi, Heidi. Awesome. Hey, Chantel. I wasn't sure if I already said hi to Chantel or not. Um, hey, Claudia. So happy you guys are here. All right. Well, it says there's 14 people on, which is freaking awesome. So hello to everybody new too. And I, I kind of pay attention to the chat. So unless you're saying something in the chat, if I don't acknowledge you, that's probably why. Um, but hello to everybody who's here. Um, today, as you probably saw, if you got my email and or saw the announcement, I am going to be talking about the power of release and specifically the momentum it can bring to our lives. I feel like between this year 2020 and now, we have gone through a massive, massive triggering of our core beliefs. And the purpose of that was to make us aware of what kind of agreements we were in with creation, because our beliefs create our reality. And our beliefs literally create psychic agreements. This is why we've talked, I've talked so much about shadow contracts and understanding what beliefs we are co co-creating with. I think there's something really important about, uh, important for all of us in understanding how psychic we are and that our psychic energy is the creative principle. That's what creates our reality. It's what creates forms, uh, creative contracts with other people that draw certain people and events into us and repel other things. It connects with our soul's story and the urge that our, our soul itself has for the story it wants to tell. That's a part of our tech. And I think that because we haven't been raised in a culture that collectively understands that at all, really, and if, if we've had any teaching in that, a lot of it's very disjointed and, and you know, we're not in the same, we're not all on the same page. And so we don't have a collective um, consensus about the fact that we are psychic creative beings and what that even means and what our psychic creative tech is and what it does. And so what I want to suggest today as we go through this live is that in order for you to get attuned to your creative tech, you have to release all, we have to release all the patterning of lack and that is habitual in the way we think, in the way we focus, and in the way we act. You guys who've been around for a while know I've talked about this for so long. But today I really want to focus on the piece of release. It's the full moon. 
the full moon generally is the idea of releasing things. It's coming to their full culmination to release. Release is so essential. Release is connected to the flushing out, the complete flushing out of our old paradigm. And what I want to suggest is that this paradigm is a governing body that's been alive within your resonance field. It's a governing system of thoughts and beliefs that have been thought for so long and believed in for so long and acted upon for so long that it has a strong foothold in our resonance. It influences us powerfully. And what I want to suggest is that we break up and allow this energy to flush out this uh, alliance with this governing body of lack. And it's uncomfortable. I've talked about it so much. Lack is, um, the whole reality of lack is an illusion that's manipulated through fear, guilt, and shame. And so if people start detaching from that governing body that we're all agreeing to, that we're all saying, yes, there's not enough. Something has to be sacrificed or someone has to be sacrificed. We have to figure out who's who um, has been through the most who who's who's been victimized the most and that's how we'll figure out who receives and who doesn't or who's performing the best who's winning who's climbing the hierarchy that's how that's how we'll figure out who's worthy and who's not that that whole system has been so deeply ingrained in us it is really the systemic issue when we talk about any systemic ism i believe at a core level we're talking about the we're lack itself and the religion of lack which is based on the victim aggressor savior paradigm and it's based on sacrifice and it's based on our alliance to it because we play it out and i really believe the core of that the dynamic the, the relational dynamic that is at the core of that whole governing body is the empath narcissist dynamic that's why i've talked about it so much that is the systemic issue in humanity and integration, the, asp the part of us where we integrate our, our inner empath and our narcissist as a whole being, no longer at war with ourselves, no longer um, in this struggle to prove who's right and who's wrong, who's good and who's bad, who's suffered the most and who's, who's um, created the most violations of, of our humanity. We've become preoccupied with that game I think on some level, because we have so we've been so deeply in injustice for thousands of years. And so I also want to suggest that a huge aspect of this release that we're allowing, that we're allowing to happen now, we're allowing the full moon energy to help us release, whether you believe in it literally or just metaphorically, it helps. Um, <clears throat> it helps to have a psychic like agreement to, yes, I'm going to work with the energies that are around me. I'm going to allow them to help me release. But I want to suggest that rage is an essential aspect to this release. And I know that might be uncomfortable for some people. I've talked a lot about how injustice is the trigger for empaths. That's like what, for most empaths, that's what triggers us is injustice. And it's that injustice that triggers the anger, which eventually, if we truly allow all of our fault lines to communicate to us, like the need underneath the anger, we it would feel like rage coming through our body. It's something that it's so powerful that has been suppressed within us for so long and that we've been conditioned to believe we have no say about. 
And this is where we're going to talk today a lot is in our creative will and our conscious choice. But when we've conditioned, we've been so conditioned historically to believe we do not have a creative say in what happens. We just have to obey and be good and maybe we'll survive or be enough or in the end be forgiven or whatever. But there's no innate understanding of our value when we're in lack and when we're being governed by lack. So because it's such a violation of our of our true being, which is God, which is humanity, which is enough, which is um, whole, which is creative. By, there's nothing about what we are innately that we feel shame of. We, we know it is of immense value. The shame comes from where we have been out of alignment with our creative will. We haven't been making conscious choice. And thousands of years of that, there is a deep suppressed rage, specifically rage within humanity. And empaths are going to be the first to feel it. We always are. And it's injustice that triggers it. So 2020 was this amazing catalyst because it triggered that collective fault line for empaths of injustice. And remember, when I talk about empaths, humanity and empaths to me are synonymous. That is our creative tech, our human tech. So when I say an empath, I'm talking about human beings and I'm talking about our human tech. And I think that we have been at war with our humanity, with our creative tech for so long that it has become the enemy to us. Again, we have shame over our creative abilities. And so we continue to create, use our psychic creative abilities unconsciously. And we're, we're making all these agreements with this governing body of lack that includes spiritual principalities. It includes something that's deeper than just the humans that are playing it out on the grid. It's a spiritual dimension that has its own hierarchy to it. And we're working primarily in that realm. And that's why most impacts, I believe, especially those of you who are here, are deeply spiritual, regardless of what your path is, what you, the specifics of what you believe. I think it's a deep attunement to spirit itself. And when we are in lack, we're not in conscious consent, which again is part of where the rage comes from. And what we're doing as we allow the rage, and I'm going to ask you to, or suggest that you allow the rage all the way through without taking action. That's important. All the way through, all the way through to where it consumes every single tiny little fine print of the contract that you have with the governing body of lack. All the spiritual, psychic, it's like an automatic, my friend Claudia called it a current the other day, the psychic current of it. Uh, There's so many psychic currents around us at all times. That is the creative principle because what we focus on energy follows it. We fuel it. And so there is always a war. The war is for your attention, for your psychic attention. And so much of our psychic attention is just wound up. It's like entangled in these collective shadow contracts that just automatically without realizing it, agree to that fundamental principle of lack, which is there's not enough because that's where our experience has been. So underneath it is our will, our creative will that has not been consciously used. So as we realize that we have a will and that we can use it, and as we start allowing it, often much of what will come up 
because we finally allow ourselves to change or make or, or say no, it's usually injustice that triggers it. So if it comes up in that way, it most often will feel like rage. And I want you to know that when you feel rage, every moment you feel rage, even if it's for a second, you feel it coming up. No, this is a gift. This is my power. This is dragon fire. This is what will help me transmute the shadow contracts completely. I embrace this rage. I allow it. I wrote this down too. And I heard this, this word might be very uncomfortable for some people, but I allow it to consume me. I allow my rage to consume me. And I don't mean consume me the way we think of it in, in like consume me in the sense of where we're constantly plotting to try to uh, get out of the situation. That's not the same. That is, that is actually a deep feeling of being trapped. Consume me to liberation. It's such a deep allowance of the rage. And it's, I see us standing totally still. And the rage engulfing us like a flame, the dragon fire, and completely burning away every single psychic current that's in our resonance field. And our resonance field is where we have relationship. We're going to feel it the most. It's going to be more intimate to us for us if it's in our resonance. So resonance is where we have relationship. And if it's in our resonance and it's coming from lack, it's triggering constantly these um hierarchy programs these this conditioning that's around being better and being being enough and being worthy and having to prove and having to fight and having to earn and it's so systematically in all of humanity because it's been on this planet it's a program that's been on this planet for thousands of years that has affected our collective psychic grid you can think of it like this grid around the planet that is strongly sending an impulse out or a frequency out that is powerfully hypnotizing and influencing people. And it because it's so conditioned in us, it's hard, it, it can feel very difficult to release ourselves from the psychic pull of it, the psychic like constant, the way that it that it pulls our creative energy so that we don't focus on what we want, we don't channel it towards what we want. And remember, I talk a lot about how our desires, our deep desires, our soul desires that come from our creative urge protect us because that's how we create the world we want. If we stay in this paradigm of there's not enough, we have to prove it. I have to earn. I have to fight. I have to control the external world or, or dominate or influence in order to, in order to, you know, have my needs met or to feel loved or to feel worthy. Then my constant preoccupation psychically is actually manipulation. It's how, it's how can I appease how can I make things? It's, it has to do with needing to manipulate the external. And that's the counterfeit program. So we are allowing the rage to fully consume us, to burn away our contracts, our, our core beliefs, or our core agreements that come from our core beliefs with this governing body of black. And as, and as we are burning those contracts, we will have, we will feel the stronger and stronger uh, projection is the word I'm hearing into our resonance field. We, we will feel, and it's almost like because it's losing power and it knows it's losing power, just like the body, when we start to make habits that are different, it's registering it as something's wrong, even though it's not. So we fight against it. So we will, we will feel as we're transmuting powerful disturbance to it, a powerful pull or a powerful signal that wants to 
make us feel like we're doing something wrong or bad or in some way using fear, guilt, or shame to get us back into the system, to get us back into the slave paradigm. And as we become very aware of our consent, that we get to have consent, that the spirit of life, which is the thing that we've numbed out to in lack, we've numbed out to the spirit of things, which is the relational aspect with creation itself, our relational aspect with creation, that it's an intimate relationship. It's not a hierarchy where we're serving and we have to earn it, but it's a relationship where this aspect of us wants to be known and we want to be known by it. We want to know our creative tech and how it works and it wants to know us and how it can manifest through us. And that's the spiritual aspect of this reality that we've numbed out to. And so when you think about allowing this fire to consume you to the point of the instigation of the alchemical process of transmutation, like fully where we actually transmute all the energy that's been here into something new. We don't destroy it. We transmute it into something new. We recycle the energy into the world we want. So as we do this, as we allow this process, there's this period of whether it's coming up through rage, which is what I'm focusing on because I feel like this is very relevant for a lot of empaths who haven't allowed the full transmutation. It's often going to be injustice that triggers you to finally allow it. But on the other hand, a holistic way of the same thing happening would be falling deeply, deeply in love, so deeply in love with your existence, so deeply in love with reality that you also in the same way allow that fire to consume you. You're no longer afraid to make love at the deepest levels. Same energy going on, just different spaces that we're in. And here we're, we're starting at distrust and feeling very enslaved. When we can experience it this way, we are in deep trust and intimacy with life. And this is the space that I believe we're stepping into as we allow the rage to fully consume us. We get to the point where we, we actually learn to trust. We feel trust because we've allowed the fire to consume us and we no longer feel, we no longer fear the fire. We no longer fear what that fire does. Fire transmutes, tri fire refines. It refines us into gold. It refines the gold. So everything that's not the gold is what goes away. Everything that's, that's not, I, I hesitate to use the word pure because that, there's, such a, there's such wounding around what people have done with that. But in the sense of pure gold, the pure gold, the pure essence of what we are, the pure essence of our creative tech, everything that's not that gets burned away. This is where we can begin to make love, I believe, at the deepest tantric levels with life where where we're literally co-creating with spirit and and creating the world we want feels pleasurable it doesn't feel like going to war with what we don't want that is the old paradigm and we are having to remove those that pattern entirely from our bodies and it's a psychic pattern it starts it begins psychically it begins with feeling unsafe number one feeling unsafe feeling distrustful so we Instantly in that space, we're closing down an aspect of our intimacy because we don't feel safe. So I want to talk about um, three different things that I think this um, energy of momentum is helping us do. Release being one of them. And I, I kind of already dove into release, but I want to start with where I just ended, which is trust. 
the number one thing that I believe that this energy that we've been in in this um, 2020 portal, when these global events got triggered, which triggered empaths into feeling massive injustice. I want you to follow this theme. It's a global theme right now. And as the injustice has been triggered, also all of the war tactics have been triggered. Because what we do when we're afraid and when we don't trust is we start having to control and manipulate the external to go our way because we don't feel safe. We feel absolutely justified in doing that because we don't feel safe. But nonetheless, it is a violation of our basic creative principle, which is that when when we are in deep trust, I, I looked sideways because I was thinking, do I want to say it that, that way? But you, I think you'll you'll get what I'm saying here. When we are when we are in a deep trusting relationship with creation, when we trust creation, when we trust life, when we trust the spirit of life, when we trust what we are as creators or as thing as beings that were created, when we trust that, when we're in trust and intimacy with that, that trust itself allows for consent. And it it allows it our relationship begins to look horizontal like this rather than vertical top from the top down or like the top up, I mean, or, or vice versa. But this idea that we're down here, God's up here. We have to climb the ladder to get to God and we have to be enough and we have to be worthy. Whereas when we're in a horizontal relationship with God or life or creation, it is about getting to know, like it's about this relationship and consent matters on both sides. It's, it's power on both sides. And it's, it's dynamics on both sides, just like a parent, there is a point at which when your child's younger, you are in a more authoritative role. You must be. That's what keeps the child safe. So there is a, an aspect of the relational dynamics that evolve over time. But in order, when we've felt unsafe and abandoned and lost and in, enslaved, we do need a parent to come in. We need a parental relationship with creation we need to feel safe there's so many deep aspects of us that have been wounded that we need to feel like that which created us or that that which we were birthed from also loves and cares for us and we're safe with it's important so so a, a really like elementary aspect of what's happening happening in our psychic collective consciousness is we're, we're having to reparent. We're having to um, learn how to have a secure attachment with cre creation itself, with our creator, with, the, uh, with our creative tech. And think of all the wounding of, around this. Just think of the concept of God and how much trauma there is around this, how, mu how much war on the planet has been done in, that, in, the, in that, the name of God. Think of parents Think of the word mom, the word dad, how much wounding there is around that. And there's people on this planet who've had really actually been lucky enough to have secure attachment with their mother, with their father. And you see what a massive difference it makes. But it, it's it's important to understand that on the planet right now, the the, the deep wounds that we've all, that, that war and the separation and that the hierarchy has caused on this planet, the mistrust that we're in, 
we're not all on the same page. When I say mother, it may mean completely something different to you than it means to me. When I say God, it may mean something completely different to you than it means to me. When I say uh, a political word, which I'm not going to specifically say any of them, but it's a, it's a perfect example. You say left or right, any of those specific words attached to each side, and it has a immediately is packed full of meaning for each individual that's very specific based on their own experience, based on their own projections of their own trauma and and um, who's more associated with the oppressor versus the savior. It, it, there's deep programming around all of it. So we are highly charged. We have triggered deep, deep fault lines of our collective trauma. And we are given, we are being given the opportunity to begin to have a relationship with life that is based on trust versus hierarchy. And the only way to do that, the injustice that we're, I think, collectively feeling is the injustice of the hierarchy. What it is, it's it's something that feels blasphemous to us because it violates the deepest thing that we know in our being when we're connected to our being, which is that we are enough and we are love. And, and we are, I think, I don't want to use the word good because again, even saying good implies bad, but at the same time that we are innately value, we have value. We, we are value. We are gold. Now gold can be invested and multiplied or it can be swindled and wasted. So, or cursed. I mean, think of the gold literally that's cursed on this planet because of the war, because of the war. If the, I mean, it's crazy to think about the, the metaphors of what we have historically been through. So trust is essential. And I think that in order to begin to even start developing trust with creation, you have to know that consent matters, that it matters what you're consenting to. And that so much of what you're consenting to is outside of your awareness, because again, it's conditioned. Again, this is also where rage can be triggered because that's what makes us feel enslaved. When we allow that rage to fully come in and fully transmute, we get to the point where we realize we no longer have to consent to the things we don't want to consent to. It's that easy. Collectively, globally, if we realize it's a matter of saying no and pivoting our focus, that's all that it is. When we get drawn in more and we are we the narrative of having to convince us that we must fight, that we must... Um, override other people's will that we have to control the external that we'd have to do it at whatever means this that's a phrase that's used to justify war at whatever means possible so i think and and we this is just a human condition we do it globally and politically but we do it in our own families we do it in our own individual relationships that's how you know this is a heart issue it's not a political issue it's a heart issue. It's a relational issue. We've been wounded in our relationship with creation and with our creative tech. And we have been in a hierarchy about it. And we have lost our intimacy, not lost it, but numbed out to our intimacy with creation and with the spirit of creation. And that's what we're being asked to step back into is an intimate relationship with life. And intimacy is highly triggering because one of the commodities, one of the things we use to manipulate people is love. We withhold love when you're being bad and we over like love bomb you when you're being good. This is how the cult of lack works. And so it teaches us that love is conditional because there's not enough of it. There's not enough to go around. 
and also that we must be worthy of it. It reinforces all the isms that are systemically part of every, um, every governing body of lack that is on this planet. Every single governing body, every institution, every political party, every, every institution on this planet has been infiltrated by this governing influence because we collectively, relationally, have been wounded in our relationship with God, with life, with creation. And it wants to be healed. It's urging to be healed. Punishment, leadership, instead of nurturing wellness, yes. Um, I saw the word punishment and I knew I had to bring that up because, again, part of lack is... Um, and part of that whole victim, aggressor, savior paradigm is using punishment as a means to control. And we are so, we just, it's so a part of us. We think it's normal. That's what politics are all about. Who do we get to punish and who do we get to um, absolve? Who, who do we get to say is the good guy and who do we get to say is the bad guy? And who's the official that gets to say it? Because we are, we have to stamp it in our our DNA literally about who's bad and who's good. This is how the isms around race happen around. Like we are so obsessed. We are obsessed. We are obsessed with this collectively. And we think it's normal. And even in the, the desire to free ourselves from this governing body of lack, we double down on it because the way that we've been taught to do it is through this fear, guilt, and shame war paradigm this victim aggressor savior paradigm. So, so we get completely preoccupied with who's the victim, who's the aggressor, who's the savior rather than, Oh, what are we giving consent to? What do we need to release consent to? How can we move towards what we want? We have to do it individually first. That's the only way we ever have it truly. Like it has to happen at an individual level. And that's why that saying of, um, we're not all free. We're, we're like, we're not truly free unless we're all free. But the reality of that is unless we're free, nobody else can ever be free. So it's the same side. It's this, actually, we're saying the same thing, but the, the issue with lack is it makes it, it starts us off from, we're not worthy. We don't have innate value. There's not enough and we have to earn it. We have to prove, we have to earn, we have to convince, we have to manipulate, we have to be good, we have to make it beautiful. So it becomes this whole facade and mirage. And and then we go to war about it and we try to say, well, okay, whose fault is this mirage? It's these people's. No, it's these people's. No, it's this people. No, it's this group. No, it's this institution. No, it's this ideology. Instead of, oh, click, I have to break up with my psychic relationship with that reality because I'm a creator and I'm psychically participating in it, which means I'm giving my creative energy to fuel. Literally, I'm letting this governing body of lack feed off my energy, feed off my creative tech. We have to revoke permission. This is why I created the King of Wands workshop, which is all about releasing psychic permission and, and giving ourselves permission to pivot psychically towards what we urge. Lack will make us feel guilty about this. Lack will, will, will you going towards what you want is bad. How can you move towards what you want when all these other people are suffering? And yes, there's selfishness. Yes, um, there's, there's ways in which that's true. And that's how, that's how it gets in us. Like, wait, am I being selfish? I mean, but I'm talking about soul's urge. Your soul's creative urge is based in enough because it is. 
it's based in value because it's innately valuable. Your soul is innately valuable. Why do you think it's first? Why do you think people are trying to buy it? Why do you think everyone is vying for your soul? And when I say soul, I mean your story, your energy. The soul is where the the it's where all the energy for life comes from, the drive to even be here, the will to create soul. You like it's soul is the thing that everyone's wanting. It's the thing that it's it's the thing that everything's drawn to, like a moth to the flame is soul. And so if we believe at a core level unconsciously that our soul has no value, has no worth, we will not value it ourselves enough to move towards our soul's urges because our soul's urges are deeply connected with the timeline of heaven on earth. It's a big part of what this is. And rage is a gateway to to heaven on earth, to anchoring in that timeline. But our rage has to go all the way through. Not get stuck in the victim, aggressor, savior paradigm in punishing people, either punishing ourselves or punishing others. If we, we will live, we can just, that can go, that will go on and on and on and on until it burns itself completely. It's nonsensical. We have to go, we have to move through the rage all the way to creation. Creation is the fire. Do you see what I'm saying? The rage itself is the creative principle that has been enslaved in us. This is the genie. This is also why I came, why I did the gen magic course, releasing your inner genie, releasing your inner fire, not just having it be enslaved to do the bidding of others, to do the bidding of lack. So I talked a lot about that. I kind of went on a soapbox about that, but it just, it's so important. I, I feel like the meta of this is really important. Otherwise we get stuck in the paradigm of the war and choosing sides and trying to control the external. We use our creative gifts to try to con control the external, which no matter how justified we feel is the very thing we don't want anymore. We don't want uh, that governing influence over. We don't, we no longer want to be dominated by lack and by that body of lack. So it's just really important here to give permission for your rage. I hope I've made that clear. And in order to do that, you have to trust. You have to trust that you're innately, you, you're innately worthy. You are innately valuable. You innately have value. And that your creative tech is meant for you to consciously use, not just be unconsciously hijacked on. Right here, obviously, there's a ton of wounding. And so depending on where you are in your trust with life and your trust with God, yourself, your creative tech, the spirit of life, that's for you to assess and say, where am I here? How, like, how is my relationship with the spirit of life? Where do I feel unsafe? Where do I feel safe? Where do I feel um, wanted? Where do I feel unknown? Where do I want to be known? And ask the spirit of life to come in and know you there. And I really think this is what, for me, and take this or leave this, because you guys know that I come from a Christian background, but I still very much resonate with Christ. Because to me, the whole hierarchy, that's what he came to disrupt. It's no longer, you're down here and God's up here and you're unworthy. I'm, I'm creating this bridge for you. I will come in fully human and show you what it looks like to have an intimate relationship, specifically with the Father, the male creative principle. This is what we're at war with. This is what's been unbalanced on the planet. We all know it. That's why it's such a huge topic of discussion right now. 
is the, the imbalance that's been on this planet between the masculine and feminine energies. And I want you to think of this as energy. The masculine is the creative principle in the sense that it, it's the directive. It's, it's the energy that moves directly towards what we want. It cuts through the, um, all the hoops, all the, all the hierarchy, really. It's the, it, it creates boundaries. It, it creates the structure for what we urge to create in the feminine sort of chaos energy. And in order for the feminine to truly bloom and, and, and allow the resonance of heaven on earth to be steady enough to hold down the vibration, it has to feel safe. It has to feel contained. It has to feel the boundaries of the masculine and be able to trust it, that it's safe, that it's fierce, that it's, it's, it's just a yes, that, that my will be done. That is an, it's a powerful energy that often, especially for impacts in this, as we've been doing this deep healing, again, we don't trust the masculine energy because it's been so unbalanced and there's been the war. It's been in war. It's been in hierarchy. It's been in domination. It, it has not been in trust. It hasn't been in that deep trust. It hasn't been in secure parenting. It hasn't been in secure attachment. So that's why there's this psychic um, imbalance. There's a, a, a very strong, I see it as just chaos. Like the, the psychic realms feel very chaotic. And where there is order, it can feel very um, dark in the sense of it's all done through illusion and through trickery. That's how the lack matrix works. So there's always an illusion. There's always a lie to it. There's always an, a manipulation of perception because this idea that you have to, you have to manipulate what people perceive of you in order to get what you want because you innately aren't valuable enough as you are. I, I feel like I'm beating this meta of this is so essential. So this is where you have to really assess where am I here? Where, where is my trust with life? And knowing where you authentically are, because it's not about being worthy or not. It's about where do I authentically trust and where am I wobbly? And not making yourself go somewhere you're not ready to go. This is where spirit wants to be in relationship with you, to know you personally and for you to know it personally, the spirit of life to be indwelling within you and that relationship to be, um, it, it, it really has boundaries to it. It's masculine in the sense that your relationship with the creative principle is where you're bound. It's all about where your boundaries are. And it like you, I think spirit wants us to know you get to say where you're at. You get to have, can you get to have a choice and I will respect your choice. That's why, like, the Bible talks about angels will not intercede without our permission. God won't intercede without our permission. He will not force. And I'm using he intentionally. I know it, it can be triggering. He, it, the masculine the, of the spirit of life itself, will not act without consent. The problem is our consent has been given over and over and over and over through our unconscious beliefs, our agreements with lack. Yeah, I'm not enough. So I'm giving permission for not enough to have dominance in my reality. So we have to understand that's how the creative principle works. It works on permission and consent. So we have to know what we're giving permission to and we have to revoke it. That's the will. We have to use our will. And so building trust with our creative will 
is also building trust with the creative principle. It's building trust with the masculine. Again, that's why I did the King of Wands workshop. It start Queen of Wands will be next, which is all about the creative, um, like the feminine side of our creative abilities, our craft itself, the rhythm of our craft. But the masculine side is the actual psychic realm. It's the psychic realm. It's the thought realm. It's the creative principle of thought. I will build it through my thought. And then my creative feminine principle fills it with life and makes everything bloom. But our creative masculine has to be, we have to have the structure first or our feminine has nowhere. It just feels unsafe. And that's what we're, that's the relationship we're healing. And so to build trust here is about working with where you authentically are. And, and a big part of what this release that we're allowing is doing for us is creating momentum because a lot of us have moved. We are actually psychically in a, or energetically, I want to say, in terms of our healing, we have expanded so much, but our will hasn't gotten strong enough yet to really anchor in the permission for, for like this, once our house is built, this is our, these are our boundaries, so to, so to speak. This is, this is my space. That's what creation is all about. And when we're enslaved, we have a hard time building our structure, allowing it, allowing our thoughts to anchor it in because we don't feel worthy of it or because we're caught up in all these psychological games of, well, first I have to do this and I have to free these people or I have to save these people or I have to be enough here or whatever the game, whatever that game is for us. So it is masculine. And I think this buck moon in particular, um, one of you commented on my, uh, the graphic that I made for it and she, because it has the buck and the moon behind it and then like starlight, but she said it's very masculine and it brings up like authority and the father figure for me. And, and she's, it, it, for some reason it, it brought up her dad's death too. And he died a couple of years ago. And it's interesting because my dad, you guys know, my dad just died the beginning of this month and, or of June. And, um, I, I've been feeling this really strong shift and momentum. Like dad's death created so much momentum for, um, the structure to be built to, to like, for me to really hold down the psychic structure because it flushed out the small print, the fine print where I was still giving consent for lack to have a stronghold in my reality. So for not enough, not valuable enough to have a stronghold in my reality. And the masculine wants to come in this buck moon, this masculine energy, this um, creative principle of the thought realm wants to come in and establish firmly for you, for you to know clearly what your will is. It's not about what anyone else is doing. It's not about what they're creating. It's not about what they're giving consent to. It's about what you are giving consent to. Spirit wants you to be so clear about it. And you will see when you begin to revoke permission for things that you no longer want. And it's we have to do it over and over because we have patterns that are, that are anchored in our bodies and in our resonance that are... Um, rooted in those beliefs, those agreements and those consents. So it, it can take a while. And this is where the habit is formed. Again, masculine principle, masculine will it, we have to create the habit. So it's the consistency and the, the, in a sense, the dominating of our space, of our resonance with our, with our new will, with this is what I want. 
And the more I anchor it in, I'm saying no to this. But I, my focus is what I want and what I will, not what I don't want and what I'm against and what I do not will. Do you see the difference? So it's it's very much a strong masculine consistency that creates the boundaries, that creates the electricity for the house to be, for the, the structure, it, psychically speaking, of your new reality to be fully turned on. It takes consistency. It takes a lot of time um, and awareness. And let's see, Matt said, the womb of awareness that holds all perception, wherein openness is key to realize that potentiality of creating through feeling the conscious attention. It, yes. I, I love the idea. I was drawn in through the word womb and awareness, the womb of awareness. That's it. Like, that's the part of us that the masculine is like wanting to protect. It, it creates the necessary space around it for life to grow. There's different layers of protection and to even have your body, it had to be willed into existence. It ha and, and, and everything about the way that your DNA and, and the will of your life, your, of your soul showed up here, it had to have a strong, consistent, psychic, like electric signal. signal. There's an awareness to it. And I, I just think that this is really important. This is the space where we're learning to trust. The other thing we're doing here in this space of trust is learning to release. As we begin to trust the masculine principle, the structure itself, the thought itself to be anchored down over and over and strong enough where we can, it's where we master the psychic realms. As we begin to master the psychic realms, we will feel so much more permission to release because we feel safe to release. So actually the feminine, instead of being tied up and, and like um, held back and rigid, which is where the feminine has been for so long, we've, we've held back, we can uh, release, we can allow. This is where the orgasm happens. This is where we can't truly have a deep soulful orgasm without trust and without release of control. And where we haven't trust is where we hold on to control and where we try to control. So it's, it's, it can feel counterintuitive because if we don't feel safe and we believe there's not enough and we believe there's a bad guy that's working day and night to, to take away all that we hold dear or whatever, or to, to, to whatever we fear, if we fully believe that, it doesn't allow for our feminine to come out and be released. We can't have soulful orgasms there. We are because we're in hypervigilance. We're we're fearful, and the feminine, when fearful and feels like it has to protect something, very much our warrior side is is activated, not our lover side. Both are an aspect of us. Both are important. Both we can channel consciously. Neither is wrong. The trick is learning in this dance, this horizontal dance, when it's appropriate to bring our warrior out, the, the fierce, the fierceness that will protect and defend. And when it's appropriate and when, when we can, when we feel safe enough to allow the, the feminine principle of, of full release to come in. This, whether you're masculine or feminine, whether you're male or female, I mean, the, um, the feminine principle of release is the same in the orgasm. It, it's the same. It's the same if we allow it to be onked back into our resonance field and give us life rather than be to, depleted and stolen to serve lack. 
it, there's such a, a huge metaphor here with lovemaking and creation itself. And release is such an important part of it. So we have trust and we have release, releasing the fluids, releasing the water, that re like releasing the tears, releasing the energy, the emotion that causes movement, that helps us actually move out, literally move the patterns out of our out of our electromagnetic field, out of our resonance. So much is allowed through release. So much momentum is allowed through release. And that space where we finally release, where we finally allow for release is where we trust. We have to access trust to fully release. And then once we allow ourselves to really fully release, there's a deep, deep surrender. Surrender. And that again, it feels counterintuitive when we've been, we're, we're getting collectively trained and um, influenced to strongly, I think I'm going to turn, uh, we have a lighting, the light sort of shifted in here and I don't, I don't want it to look yellow. Um, we have a, we have a deep influence right now in the collective grid to go to war. It, the war drums are being are drummed up. And the important thing is to pay attention to your resonance and pay attention to when am I actually truly in danger? Because the time to activate our fierceness where we go into war mode or go into the instincts that are connected with the adrenaline that keeps us safe when we know to, to run or to get out of the way of a bus coming, I use that example a lot. There are times we use those instincts but most of the illusion, most of the manipulation is just potential. Like, and the potential given to you over and over and over, there's a potential for you to be taken over. There's a potential that this thing's going to happen. There's a potential that that thing's going to happen. We're not actually truly in danger, but we're being influenced to allow this potential in and to allow it to start becoming more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and more of our reality. And we feel justified more and more because it's this idea of like, protect yourself from this, protect yourself from this. Now, protection is innately built in trust. When we trust our creative tech, it, it allows us to be protected because we move towards what we want. We, ur we urge specifically towards what we want, which pivots us away from what we don't want. There's an inbuilt protection in our urge. But when we are being influenced that something bad's going to happen, we're, like, it, it's that hypervigilance that we have all experienced in our own relational dynamics. It's, and it's being aggravated right now or instigated collectively in our collective algorithms on social media and just through the, the collective narratives that are the most influential right now. So surrender is like the counter opposite of what the world is telling us to do right now. The world's telling us fight, stand up, do this, do that. And Again, there is a time to do that. I'm not saying there's not a time to do that, but you will instinctively know when it is that time. First of all, it'll be in the flesh, clear and present. It's not going to be some obscure threat that maybe, and there's all these conspiracy theories behind it, or you have to have physicists and, and, and um, professors put together theories for you. Or, or, and I'm saying that in one hand, but I mean, even the way that our own mind does that, we have to gather a bunch of evidence. It's not, it doesn't, it's not going to feel that way. When you are meant to activate your warrior, you will know it in every ounce of your being. When you are meant to activate your fierceness, it's going to be clear and present danger. 
or clear and present where danger meaning you you sense you you primarily sense i have to say no here no and it's like the gandalf scene you know where he like the whole you shall not pass thing there's you will know it because the demon will be right there don't allow yourself to be hijacked by potential ideas or or just like the the whisper of a threat that's how the 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 manipulation the sort of whispering constantly oh this man and and um influencing you on what to think of people this is a big thing that's going on right now and it's making me really understand why i understand the judicial system in the sense of innocent until proven guilty and why that is such a fundamental part of what i believe in when it comes to freedom and why it actually protects us i know it can be manipulated and all of that everything can be and we know all institutions have been taken over but i have this like hair that's sticking out in such a weird way um but we one of the ways that lack works is it wants us to convince us of the bad guy before we even have the evidence of it and then use our wounds and our fears of see it's this see this and it's usually projected towards it's how we collectively take each other out i call it psychic assassination it starts with the whisper it's it's the way that um it's why gossip can be so detrimental and people there are people who truly just lie and make up things it's weird for me to realize that but i've witnessed it enough to know that it's real people just lie and like to destroy people's lives and to and to um just stir the pot and in other words there's so much falsehood there's so much illusion there's so many lies going around it's hard to distinguish the truth and there's this really seductive um pull towards like getting really into you know who's the bad guy and who do we take out it's it can be very seductive and it is so intricately tied to lack it is it is the seduction of lack actually and so it, i'm saying all this because to get to the point of surrender we have to because we've been wounded and because we're closed up because we we've we've said yes in places that have hurt us the idea of surrender can feel so counterintuitive and so wrong when we feel like no there's a bad guy no there's because there has been and there is um and we've been wounded and hurt and subjugated and all of that is true and the gateway to heaven on earth is surrender surrendering to the timeline of heaven on earth not to the timeline of armageddon not to the timeline of destruction there is a, an implanted timeline of extinction that have been that has been prophesized about for thousands of years because we have seen for so long this is what the war paradigm this is where it ends it ends in extinction it's true but we are being given an opportunity right now to jump timelines that's what this full moon live i mean that's what this full moon live is all about but that's what the energy of the full moon we can allow to help us with is to create the momentum to dissolve the old timeline within us and it's the momentum of our yes which is also the boundaries of our no it's the momentum of our urge towards what we truly want which we're here we're saying it's heaven on earth heaven on earth not meaning perfection it's having an intimate trusting relationship with creation this kind of relationship rather than this kind of relationship this is the heaven on earth paradigm and it and it goes like this and our our relationships change and evolve and grow 
sometimes life and the spirit of life will feel like our parent. Sometimes it'll feel like our lover. Sometimes it'll feel like our coworker. Sometimes it'll feel like our, our, like, um, our alliance. It'll feel all different sorts of ways, but the point is to continually move towards relationship with life. And every single person that you have a relationship is a reflection of that relationship. And your will matters every single out part of the way because it's God-given. It's the innate, inalienable right that you have that cannot be taken. Inal- I, I've said this over and over, but it's so important to get inalienable means god given it cannot be taken from it cannot be taken from you from unless you willfully give it it your will you will it so you have to know what your will is it's so so important and and having a relationship with life where you are able to know your will say your will and then respond to how life shows up for you and then adjust and then respond and adjust and hopefully getting closer and closer. And I really believe heaven on create heaven on earth is created in when we get here with life, when we get in total lovemaking with life, where that it's a dance that becomes union and union at the deepest, most sensual, most most sacred levels. It's part of intimacy that 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 has been sort of um blasphemed it's we we don't we don't understand it even the even even sexuality on this planet and the way it's been used and the way even it's had to be liberated from that system but still hasn't found its its space in sacredness yet the sacred sexuality the sacred prostitute the sacred lover Oh my gosh, this is so, 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 so deep. But I, the main thing that I want to leave you with, and, and I'm, I'm literally right at the hour right now. Um, it's almost 12, 11. I'll go till 12, 12. I'll try to end it right then. Um, but the there's, and by the way, if anyone is on their mobile watching this, any one of you who are regularly here, if you, if you're on your mobile and you can snap like screenshot the comments on this, that would be amazing because the Mighty Network doesn't save it. I'm going to try to read through some of them. Um, I'll probably go over a couple minutes. But if you have to get off like now or within the next minute or so, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, because I, I do want to make sure I get I read some of your comments. It's my The biggest thing that bugs me about the Mighty Network is it doesn't save the comments. But um, I wanted to end this. I wanted to end it here is that this relationship with the spirit of life is the most important investment you can possibly make. This is where the gold is. This is investing your gold because when you start recognizing value in creation and value in the creative principle, you will begin to see value in you because you are a reflection of creation and you are a very specific kind of kind of expression that is actually very technical in some ways. You have a creative tech that is wants to be known to you. Your creative tech wants you to know how to work it because it's like flying a incredibly sophisticated machine that you don't know how to work or how to fly. Like we have to know how it works. And knowing our creative will is the beginning of it. And then developing and establishing a relationship with creation is the next step. And we will learn from that. And it's meant to be intimate. There pe- people will come into your lives that reflect it. But ultimately, your deepest commitment is meant to be with the spirit of life. And it's so personal. It's not about alliance to 
a government body or an institution or an ideology or a religion, that is not it. That is empty in the end. It's about having a relationship with the spirit of life and allowing it to be intimate, allowing it to know you intimately and allowing your, your no to matter. And when you have your no and you respect your no, creation respects your no. That's as simple as it gets. And as you realize that, the creation respects your no. And where it feels like it doesn't usually is for your protection. And you usually see that because the clearer you get about what needs you have that are not met and you say yes to them getting met, even if it doesn't happen the way you think it should, the faster your needs will get met. And that's what I mean about when things happen different than we think. And that's why a big part of this is surrender. And I want to end on saying with the surrender thing that we have to surrender how we think it should look. We have to surrender controlling the external, trying to convince people to agree with us, um, trying to change people's minds. And a lot of us are very attached to that because we do. It's important to influence how people think. We all are influencing how people think for good or for ill. But it, once we get that the strongest influence comes from when, when we're deeply in our urge and deeply in relationship with life, that's more influential than all the words we could say to defend a position or an ideology or a political party or a religion. <laughs> it, example and, and beingness is where it's all at. What we are being has the strongest influence, not what we are saying and not what we're giving um, our service to. So... The surrender here, the important thing is surrendering how we think it's going to look, how we think it should happen, what we think should happen. It's the bigger picture stuff. And the little surrenders are in every day knowing like this is these are my unmet needs and you're going to see or these are my these are my needs. And then beyond needs, these are my desires. These are my um, this is my deep creative urge. And you give it to source and you give it to spirit as a yes. I'm saying yes to this. And then allowing in your relationship with life, which will show up in how you relate to other people. It will show up in your relationship to your animals, in your relationship to your work, in your relationship to strangers, in your relationship to politics, in your relationship to religion. It will show up in your relationship to everything, how that is going, how, you, how, how much you're saying yes to the urge. And then watch the way the, the other the other component here, which is spirit itself, life itself, watch the way it shows up for you. Watch who it brings into your life. Watch how it communicates to you. And when you have a strong no, communicate that to spirit. And when you have a strong yes, communicate that to spirit. That's where the relationship com- comes in. And that's where it gets deep. And the surrender is in, I know that in and of myself, in my small ego self, in my Amanda self, I don't know everything. I can't control everything. There's so much more to it that I don't even understand and I'm not meant to yet. But I'm here and I get to move towards where I where what my ur- what what my urge is now and what I want now and what I know now and I allow spirit to shape me along the way. It's not all me. It's not all on me. I'm not responsible to change everything. It's just so important to understand this. Oh, my dog must have got out of either my partner's home or my dog just opened the door on her own. She was in the mudroom, but hi. 
this is my dog that my partner and I, I guess our dog that we just um, adopted. She's still a puppy. She's still learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. Speaking of relationships that come into my life. Anyway, she's the, I guess the cue that we should end. So I really appreciate you guys. And um, if anyone was able to take a clip of the comments, uh, please, please send them to me. Cause that'd be awesome. Um, I'm going to go since she's in here and I know she'll be like, I'll, I'll be too distracted to read through things, but anyway, all right. I love you guys. Thank you so much for showing up. This will be available for uh, probably till the end of this week. And then this is how all my lives work on here. Now I move them to my YouTube membership. So anyone in my YouTube membership, you get these indefinitely. Anyone else, you have to make sure you watch them within the first week that I, that I post them. And I've left the last few ones up. So, um, I'm going to, they'll be actually going to my membership very shortly. So if you haven't, if you haven't watched them, then definitely watch them now if you want to, because they will only be available for people on my YouTube membership. And um, by the way, I have a new tier of my YouTube membership that is, um, hold on, head out girl, my partner came in to get her. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I guess he's the one, that's how she got out. Um she is still, she's like, and she's nippy. And that's the biggest thing. Like if I was paying attention to her, I would ignore her for that. But, um, I'm still learning that. So she's just over here, like nipping me. And that's a big thing. If I've like watched tons of videos on the nipping thing. If any of you have any advice about that, let me know, because that's the biggest thing with her. But, um, anyway, uh, what I was going to say is my beginning tier of the YouTube membership is like $4 a month, I think. And that gives you access to all of my all of my old YouTube videos that I've taken off, all the old lives, if you were in the old, the other Abundance Matrix, um, all the lives, just everything that that's no longer available publicly. And then these lives from, the, from specifically the Abundance Matrix Mastermind are also available on the first tier. So just so you know, that gives you access to all of it. And if you're ever late and you just want to watch a bunch of them, you can just do it for the month and then cancel your subscription. So that can get you caught up too. So just wanted to let you guys know, I haven't done an announcement for a while about what's going on. Much more is coming. Um, much more will be announced. So I hope you guys are well. I will see you on the next full moon here in the Abundance Matrix Mastermind. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to dive deeper into your psychic creativity, check out my King of Wands workshop available on Thinkific. This audio course will help you dissolve your shadow contracts with the lack matrix, tap into your deepest psychic preference, learn how to give and revoke psychic permission, and unapologetically pivot your psychic energy out of lack and into abundance. This course is specifically designed to help you free your creative energy from lack. If you're interested in my YouTube content, classes, or any other ways to connect with me, check out the membership options and other links in the show notes. Have a beautiful day.